What's going on, guys? Welcome back to your favorite sports podcast, Clocks on the Stove. Today, we are bringing you episode 68, the NFL divisional round of the playoffs. Um, before we dive into this, you already know I'm your host, Grayson Fisher, alongside me, Mr. Zachariah Watts. And today's we had his younger brother on, needed to get the older brother on. Today, we got Mr. Riley Sheehan, who's actually currently driving was fiance is driving him to Jacksonville. Riley, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing great, man. Jags, Jags floral on. Straight oh, yeah. to Duval all the way there, man. Oh, yeah. Before we dive into these games, which I'm extremely excited to talk about, two special shout-outs. First shout-out to one of our Clocks champions, Mr. Ryan Arquette. He's fighting tomorrow as the feature fight on Combat Night MMA in Orlando. Ryan's going in at 2-0. His opponent's coming in at 3-0. Somebody's O has got to go. If you want to buy the tickets or you want to check out the pay-per-view, all you got to do is go to our account, go to his pod, find his account, or on our story right now. We currently have it up, so good luck to Ryan. Second shout-out to Mr. Riley Sheehan and Declare as they get married next month. Nothing but love. Congratulations, you guys. Um, two former collegiate athletes in themselves, too. So, you know, love love sharing sport love. You know, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, but his, let's uh, dive in. Oh, sorry, Zach. Yeah, I was just going to say his honeymoon gift was uh, getting a guest appearance on Clocks on the Stove. So yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't say we never did nothing for you. <laughs> Is, that the gift? Is that the wedding gift right there? That's the yeah. wedding gift, yeah. <laughs> That's an airtime. There you go, Claire. Soak it up, all right? <laughs> but yeah, let's dive into the reason why you guys are tuning in today, and that is to learn about these games and what to pick. Our first game, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Who's going to the conference championships or the what? what would, their comp, would you say conference championships in NFL, right? Yeah. 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 The a- AFC, yeah. Starting us off with the AFC divisional playoffs, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars who are coming in at nine and eight after a huge, huge comeback win against the Chargers last week. They're traveling to Kansas City to play the 14 and three Chiefs. This game will be Saturday, January 21st at 4 30 p.m. on NBC. Chiefs coming in at a minus nine favorite with our over under set at 52 and a half Zach Watts start us off how we feeling about this game yeah you know looking over the divisional games for this week I thought the most interesting aspect was I don't have a single spread on here less than three points so you know Vegas doesn't see any of these games being necessarily close at least that's what they're at least projecting the lines to be um from what I've heard you know Trevor Lawrence has made some comments about the crowd noise that's going to be in Kansas City as we all know the Chiefs fans love to come out and be loud I think they have the world record for loudest outdoor stadium um so it's going to be extremely loud there I don't know how that's going to play out for him he's still a young guy but you know I'm sure Riley and myself have the utmost faith in Mr. Lawrence you know hopefully he gets a little pregame Waffle House in him I don't even know if they have Waffle Houses up there in Kansas City but if they do that spells some bad news for the Chiefs um I don't need to speak on the pedigree for the Kansas city chiefs. You know, they're a very solid team. It's a solid product. They're a legitimate dynasty at this point. I think the Patriots train is kind of come and gone. So for them, they have an expectation to make it deeper into the playoffs and they just kind of viewed the Jags as another step in the road um, on the Jags side of things. You know, Trevor Lawrence just has to keep things going. Definitely don't want to throw four interceptions this time around. Um, but you know, you make improvements from week to week. So hopefully it'll make for a good matchup. Riley, what are we thinking? Oh, without a doubt, man. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens, I was in Vegas last weekend. I put more live bets on the Jacksonville Jaguars covering the spread. 
than I ever have in my entire life. And if it happens again this weekend, I'll do it again and again, over and over again, man. I'm going all all in with the Jags covering the spread. You know, the Chiefs are supposed to win this game. Jacksonville's not supposed to at all. But if they're going to, they're going to come in and they're going to mess it up, you know? Yeah, my thing on this is, like, uh, it's I, I hate playoffs because it's, like, it's kind of like like the conference championship weekend in college football. It's like everything looks so certain. Like these teams, it's like, oh, this is easy. You can pick this team, this team, this team. And then when it comes to game time, like anything can happen. And we saw that this past week with the, the first round of playoffs. Um, I've said it time and time again on this podcast. I don't think the Chiefs get as much respect as a 14-3 team should. I feel like they don't really get talked about that much. I, and that might just be me saying that, but I feel they like – I feel like they're in that – they've hit that stage when, like, you guys, you know, both you guys are Patriots fans. You remember this. Like, once you reached a certain consistent good, no one cares about you anymore. They want to talk about the next up-and-coming good team because it's just like, oh, you're supposed to be there. And I didn't really understand this until I got Patty on my fantasy team this year. So I kind of, like, followed Chiefs football a little bit. And I'm like, dude, they no one is talking about them. And they're 14-3. and Like, they're destroying everyone. And the thing I like about them, too, is even if they don't look too hot in the regular season or it's like they look like they're not back, they they bring it – it's just like Tom Brady Patriots. They bring it back when it's playoff time, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how bad your season was. When you come to the playoffs, come to the playoffs. That's why Cinderella teams exist. That's why you have guys like Tom Brady who, even when they had shitty teams, still won Super Bowls. It's all about the playoffs. You know, that's when, that's when it really matters. And they're a team that shows up in the playoffs every single year. They're consistent there. So I think um, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I do think Jacksonville, if they play the way they did last week, they're not coming back. There's absolutely no way they're going to do that on an Andy Reid team or this Patrick Mahomes-led team. They'll just get blown out. I do think, though, I kind of agree with Riley, though. When your back's against the wall, you got nothing to lose. You know, you're throwing a little – you're throwing a little riskier punches, but those riskier ones can land. And if they land, it's a lot. They're going to use every single, uh, you know, trick in the hat. But the Jaguars are going to come out with everything swinging. They have to. They know they have to. You know, they're they're I, using every single trick play that they've got. Anything that they were planning on using, they're they're going to have to create new shit if they end up coming out and winning. But I think Jacksonville knows they got to come out swinging with everything. The Chiefs necessarily don't have to. I agree. So, um, as a, oh yeah, Zach, you go. Yeah, I was just going to add, I think one of the biggest things for the Jaguars to kind of keep this, keep them in this game and kind of dictate the pace of play is getting Travis Etienne involved as much as possible. You know, I don't think the Chiefs, like, strength comes from their run defense. Um, I know they have some solid guys on the line in the secondary, but, you know, just don't put the game entirely in Trevor Lawrence's hands. You know, don't have him try to put the entire team on his back. Have, have some drawn-up design plays for ETN, have him get an open space, keep the clock running as much as possible. Because as we saw in last playoffs, Patrick Mahomes only needs 13 seconds to get a field goal off. So by all means, do not try to get into a shootout with him. I don't think that'll work out well for you. Um, the game plan is there. If there's anyone that has a bag of tricks, it's Doug Peterson. We've said it time and time again, this guy has no fear at any point in any game. Um, so he's not going to step down from the challenge. I'm really excited for this matchup. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Riley. I think they will cover the spread. At minimum, I think Jacksonville is a complete different team with Trevor Lawrence and Dougie P there. They're a confident group. Their defense is solid. They have what it takes. It's just do they have the experience to get them any further? That's what the real tell is going to be. I'm going to also hop on Jags money uh, – not Jags money line. Um, Jags covering the spread. If there's something we learned a lot, and if it's whether it's college or professional football this year, it's that guys that let their nuts hang seem to be doing pretty good. 
you know, we saw it in college this year. We've been seeing it in the NFL. Look at Dabble, look at Dougie P, look at, you know, uh, uh, what you call it, Dan Campbell. And Dougie P lets them fucking hang, okay? So I think the way they got to win is they got to play ugly. You know, they got to get fourth down conversions. They got to get cute. They got to get all over Mahomes. Like, they got to play a physical, ugly football game because they're not the more talented team. But I do think the Chiefs are going to win. I just think they're being there over and over again. You know, you get a comfortability. You're not, you're not nervous about this game, and you're at home, which is going to help you a lot too. But I am going to take uh, Jax plus nine. Agree. Think they're, you think they're shooting fit over uh, 52 and a half? That I don't see. Here's the I thing. Could, I could see it, but I could also, you know, it's it's the yeah, NFL. It's, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm in I'm inclined to say yes just because I know both these teams can put up points. But if I'm going with the expectation that the Jacks can cover, they can't let this go above 52. So it's either it's either I'm right on both ends or I'm wrong on both ends. And I'd rather go all in with the belief that the Jags are going to be smart enough to kind of keep it as as low scoring as possible. And hey, maybe as low scoring as possible, still a 48 point total. Um, but that they did make a really good line for this game. It's not tempting enough for me to throw any money on it. So I'm going to I'm going to try I'm going to shy through, away. Uh, I'm going through both of their last games right now. So if we if we put the if we put Jacksonville's and their last five games, if we combine what Jacksonville scored to combine with Kansas City scored. We're going to get 62 in their last game. We're going to get 47. We're going to get 55. We're going to get 49. And we're going to get 74. So it's kind of like all over the place. It's kind of like in a perfect medium, to be honest. But I'm not like, – like I agree with Zach. I'm either going to lose both or win both. I'm not going to touch it at all. Riley, so what, what's our uh, what's our pick for this game? Jags plus nine. That's the pick. Hmm. Let's take oh. it. We're going to avoid the over-under, but I definitely could see it. Like I said, it, it I just named I, it all, and it went like this, you know. So, it is what it is. Let's move. Any any other last words, comments, concerns on this game before we move on, gentlemen? Duval! Um, yeah, Duval, baby. Let's get it rolling. I'm down with the dynasties. Uh, the empire needs to fall. Some Star Wars type shit right here, somebody's Patty. Just uh, somebody's just a little salty that the Patriots aren't good anymore. Yeah, yeah, just a little, you know. Um, and I'm not gonna live to see another one take my place. So uh, if I can't be great, then no one can be great. That's Everyone needs to suck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm off. Yeah, moving on to our next game, our night game on Saturday, we have the New York Football Team Giants coming in nine seven and one to <clears throat> the Philadelphia Eagles, who have been a story in themselves this season, coming in at fourteen and three. This game's going to be 8.15 p.m. on Fox. Eagles, seven-and-a-half-point favorite, over-under set at 48. Zach Watts. Yeah, so um, when I first looked at this game, you know, obviously I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, that was just my initial thoughts, only because Jalen Hurts has had a phenomenal season. He's led into a 14-3 and overall record. Nick Sirianni has done amazing as a head coach. Their front office has addressed every single need for this team throughout the season bringing in Robert Quinn, signing A.J. Brown in the offseason. They've just done a lot to help out what their team needs, except this is playoff football. And from what I've seen so far in the playoffs is the Eagles got a much-needed bye week. And as for the Giants, they played their best football all year. And that's extremely dangerous when it comes to playoff time because it's really easy to ride momentum given what they've already done. Daniel Jones played the best game of his career last week. He's playing phenomenally all season. Dabble has kind of changed the philosophy around him. 
letting him be the vanilla Vic that he is. Danny Dimes just rolling out of the pocket, making the throws he needs to. He's extremely mobile when it comes to the run game. Saquon is very effective as well. I just think they're doing everything right in order to win football games. Now, as we all know, they're the, both of these teams are in the NFC East. Anytime you face a divisional rival, anything can happen. So I'm not too, I don't know, I'm not too driven that the Eagles are going to cover this minus seven and a half. I don't know why I want to take I want to take the Giants. I'm going to take the Giants with the points, but something tells me to take the money line, but I'm just going to stick with the points to play it safe. I'm a big believer in this whole uh, passing of the torch from Eli Manning to Danny Dimes. You know, give, it, give him some disrespect. Treat him, treat him as a blow him off, blow him off kind of guy. He'll prove you wrong. I promise. Give me Danny Dimes. Dude, yeah, I'm also going to ride. It's so weird because, like, I feel so dumb. I'm going to ride the Giants, dude. <laughs> I think Davo has them believing in themselves. And it doesn't matter how good you are. It's how good do you think you are when it comes to games like this. And if the Giants really believe that they deserve to be in this game and they can beat them, then, then they're going to do it. They have all the tools. Dan, like we said again, Danny Dimes isn't the best quarterback, but they put the perfect system around him. And that's what they've been doing. And, dude, it's so easy to pick the Eagles and I'm picking the Giants. I just think they're going to be ready. Dabo lets him hang. Um, he believes uh, in himself. He believes in what they do. Yeah, their record's not beautiful, but, dude, they've been in basically every game. You know, and I think I think this is a lot similar to the Jags game, but I'm more confident. I think the Giants got to make it ugly. The Giants can't go out there and play the Eagles' pace. They can't go out there and try to come back. They need to make it ugly. They need to make it physical. They need to be all over Jalen Hurts, shut down his feet. And they need to just play good, good disciplined football. I like going for it on fourths to not stop. I'm going to take the Giants here at, uh, what is it, plus seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take the Giants at plus seven. I might even – Nah, give me the Giants. I'm going to take it. Give me the Giants plus seven and a half. Uh, over under 48, I'm not touching that. I, I, these two teams are so inconsistent. I will admit, though, these two teams have a history, Zach, and playing in Philadelphia is going to be crazy. It's going to be very, very crazy. I agree. Riley? I was going to pull up uh, pull up an app of mine, and I've got, you know, I usually like to do a three-team parlay. The first one I did, I was riding with the Jags. Second one I did was Giants money line, baby. I'm yeah. thinking if J- if Jalen Hurts isn't isn't 100, they're gonna have a shot. But we're gonna know in the first little bit of the game if he's good to go. You know, I mean, like they use him. You know, I, I'm a big Gardner Minshew fan. You know, and I was rooting for him big. You know, he did good against the Cowboys, but. Jalen just runs that team. So, I mean, if, if Jalen comes out and he's healthy, the Eagles are going to smoke the Giants. If not, I'd love to see a little Cinderella upset story, you know? Yeah, Giants my, my issue is is that I hate Giants fans, and I don't want them to keep winning, but I, I, I fell in love with Dabble on this team. That's my issue. You know, that's what sucks. Also, I, I just want to give a huge – I'm a huge – I'm not an Eagles fan whatsoever, but I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan. You know, I think he got fucked over at Alabama. He kept his cool, kept his composure, went to Oklahoma and did his thing. You know, came into the draft. He got drafted to the Eagles, and everyone was like, what a waste of a pick. This kid will never be a quarterback. He's just been given so much, like, adversity and hatred, and he just keeps shining. And even with leading them to 14-3, and and he had them undefeated, you know, uh, then they had that one loss when he got hurt. It's like, dude, doesn't get the love he gets. And it's like, I feel like people are already counting him out. I don't think it'll be on him. I do agree, though, with Riley that, it's going to be really difficult 
if he's not 100%. Because that's basically – he they kind of like New York on in a way, they made their offense for Jalen. You know, so it's going to be – Gardner just doesn't bring the same – the same he doesn't bring to the table the same arsenal that Jalen does. Also, quick shout out to Jalen Hurts. I don't know if I've talked about this in the pod or not, but when he did his like he did an interview on ESPN earlier this year, I don't remember what it was for, but in his bedroom he has a paint a painting of him in an Alabama jersey with his head down like this, like sad, and then holding his like having his arm around him is him in an Oklahoma jersey. You can't tell me that's not tough. That reminds me of that like D Rose painting where like D Rose is in the Chicago thing down on his like sitting down on the ground like in defeat, but like his Nick self is like picking himself up. Like oh, that shit is so hard. T- it's the same, yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, that shit's tough as fuck. But yeah, I don't really have uh too much more to say on this game. If you guys want to add anything uh more to the Giants Eagles, huge shout out to our champion, Dane Bell, and let's hope he eats. He got a good amount of playing time in the last game, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, we're riding with our clocks, athletes. We'll keep it at that. Shout out Ruby Richie James with the Giants, man. First touchdown. Oh, yeah. Richie James, review, my quarterback in high school. First touchdown scorer this week. You right got, are, are, you, are you confident enough to make that a pick? I, I'd make that a pick. What's his name? Richie James, Richie, baby. Richie James, first TD. Yeah, I'm writing that down. All He's right. a weapon. He's a weapon. That's sick, man. I mean, I played with I played with Dane Bell, and he's one of the safety for the Giants. It's one of our athletes. He's a boy. He's had a great rookie season, man. Um, yeah, I think this should be a good game. I, I think also in a way, this might sound weird. I think these two Saturday games are going to be played kind of differently. I think the Jags Chiefs game is going to be a little more like uh, like smoothly played, if that makes sense. And I feel like this game is going to be more like tough guy football, if that makes any sense at all. Grind, grind it out. Yeah, it's real, real grinder. Yeah, real like you know, let's throw some pads on and get muddy kind of game, you know? Yeah. Some yeah. pads will be clacking. Yeah, clacking. pads will definitely be clacking. Yeah. It's like the it, – if it was personified, it's that middle linebacker with, like, half the paint missing off his helmet. Like, that, that's a kind and he of – And like, he has the full cage. And he has, like, the yeah, full yeah, cage yeah, with yeah, the yeah. neck pad. He's <laughs> like, like, the full cage with the line. Yeah, too, like, with the line right down the middle. Oh, we're like, oh, like, if you're in playing peewee football and you see a kid like that, you're like, oh, no, I'm not worried. But you see, like, a grown man – with a full face mask line down the middle of his forehead. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, what was what was some like things in college that were like like intimidating to see from a player that like maybe you didn't see in high school and stuff? Dude, just for me, I mean, I'm when I was in college, I was like I'm six two and like playing weight, I'm like two thirty to two thirty five. But that's like normal size. Like I'm, I was kind of small in college, so like, for me, like I, I just things. Uh, that I, like practice, I was just like a a blocking item, almost like a wing. Events that are. I'd say 235 playing weight and you know just in practice even too and like even just like in games like field goal kickoff fun like you just have cats that are just double your size like in high school you know I went back home one day I'm like dang I'm actually pretty tall pretty big compared to the guys I played football with in high school but 
playing in, in college, I mean, 6'2", two, too dirty, you're like normal size. You might even be on the small end for, you know, tight end, linebacker. I mean, there's defensive ends, guys that are blocking, you know. Um, like Mike Love that plays for the Bills. I mean, just even going against him in practice, I mean, he's like 6'4", 285, just throwing up weight on bench and squat. I mean, like, it's just a grown man that you got to run full speed into. Then take yeah. that to the NFL on the next level, man. I mean, it's another game on top of that, you know. It's funny that you mentioned that though, because um, one of our athletes, Elijah Higgins, he's a, a wide receiver from Stanford going into the draft this year. He kind of said something on that too. He's like, you, you, you get so comfortable being around these like massive like human beings that are like so like big and strong and fast that you forget that you guys are like the one percenters, you know. And he's like, he'll be at practice, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna. He's a bigger wide receiver. He's like six, like almost six four, like two yeah. two heavy heavy two hundreds. Like he's a bigger wide receiver, and he's like even at practice, like I'm with the tight end and my other guys. I like I feel normal. He goes, then I go to the airport to leave to go back home, and everyone's looking at me like I'm huge. And he's like, you just forget like you guys are just bigger than everyone. All, all the time, man. I mean, like even just like working now. I mean, like there's a couple guys that are like tall mouse, but I would say I'm like probably the biggest guy. Yeah. Like in our office, just like weight uh, height wise, you know, and I'll bring some of my buddies around, you know, uh, a couple guys that played, you know, play at O-line, you know, they're all between like six, four and six, seven carrying three fifteen to three thirty five, like still to this day, you know, like I've got one buddy, Marcus Norman, he can, he can touch the top of a doorway and then touch the bottom of the floor at the same time with his wingspan. Holy shit. That's all right, dude, yeah. But like those are like dude that I've like I, mean, I live with these guys, you know, I spend a lot of time with. Like that's just like normal. Then you get back around, you know, my buddies from back home and I'm like, dude, like I'm say maybe one of them's over six foot, if that's six foot, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy though, how fucking massive everyone is in the NFL, dude. I had another question I was gonna ask and I completely forgot. Oh yeah. All right, also last question before we get back to the NFL. I, I had a, one of my trainers, Nick Sky, he played at USF for a little bit. And he said, like, the, the thing about college football is you get these, you get some of these guys who are just, like, specimens, and they can just outlift everyone in the weight room. They're faster than everyone. Like, they're just like, a genetic freak, but they suck at football. He said there's, like, so many of those guys in college. There is. I mean, like, there's definitely guys I played with that, like, excuse me, they just throw up numbers, man. Like, you're like, dude, buddy just hang cleaned like 600 pounds and he's and he's repping like 435 on bench but like you go to block him and he's like the easiest guy to block for like for whatever reason you're like mm -hmm. i don't know how that makes sense so like we had a guy that he couldn't really bench a lot but he could squat like seven almost 800 pounds and just like just could but he couldn't block people he was just not he wasn't that good you know <laughs> yeah. it's like how does that make sense you know well you're i feel like that's a flaw in high school recruiting is like and i mean that's the reason i quit playing football was because of the eye test and that's that's a legitimate thing. There's kids that have that aren't good at all, but they're such a freak that like coaches like we can make him good. He has everything else. Like it's harder to make him a freak. It's easier to make him good at football. And I feel like you see that happen too. Yeah, and it's in college football, man. It's a business, man. It's totally different than than high school. You know, what I mean, like once you get to co like to college, like they're like the love for the game is almost kind of lost a little bit. Like the players still do, but a lot of the coaches and they really it's a business for them. Like it's Ooh. numbers. It's if it's 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 your family versus you like and you're just there to help them get to the next spot you know yeah. I, have a, I have a coach i'm so close with and he always told me he goes there's there's two kinds of coaches 
It's a coach that's been fired and one that hasn't been fired yet. You know, so it's like that's really the only two types out there. Like you're looking to make the best situation for your family. But, you know, he was one of the few out there that like actually cared about the players. You know, there's very there's a lot of college coaches that kind of get into it that I think they lose the love for the game. You know, they're just trying to do what's best for their families. And even if not, they're just trying to help, you know, better their situation, not really. You know, care if you imagine getting an offer, you're getting paid a million dollars a year to coach, but it just out of nowhere, you get a three million dollar an offer a year to coach. Like you're dropping everything and leaving. Like it doesn't matter what you're tied to. You know, it's it's and that's the part that's hard with like smaller schools like USF and places that can't really afford to get a big name. You know, as soon as anybody starts winning a little bit, they bring someone else in, and the the program changes, the culture changes. It really is like crazy how much of a business it is, you know. Oh, hundred percent. But I would say that's more. You see that more in football and basketball than than you would with like a more individual sport like wrestling. Like if you're a college wrestling coach, you have to love it. You have to love it. Like there's not there's not enough money to be numbers and like no you, rewards. You just you're doing it for the for the love of it, you know. Exactly. Like you're making a living. Like you're, you're not making nothing. If you're a power, if you're a, a a huge power five wrestling coach, you're making a lot of money, but you're not making football numbers. But like. You have to love it versus football. It's like, this is a way for me to feed my family, you know, like, and they still probably love it to an extent, but it's funny yeah. that you mentioned the, like the stepping stool thing. That's what we talk about. FAUs. Everyone's like, so hype. We got Tom Herman. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. But he'll be gone in two, three years. Like he's just yeah, going to prove that he cleaned up FAU and that he's going to leave. Exactly. Like when I, when Charlie strong, I, I played for Willie Taggart and I played for, for Charlie strong for two years. So I got recruited by Taggart. You know, and I, it was, dude, I, I've never, like, it was tough for him to leave because, like, that was, like, his first big opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's from, he's from Manatee County. Like, he's from the Bay Area, you know? And I had a really good connection with him, too, man. And, you know, you're not going to blame the guy. Like I said, he was getting paid a million a year to, to coach and then to get a three and a half million dollar offer a year to go coach at Oregon. And they fly you out there in a private plane and they're, you're, you got the, the whole Nike squad out there. I mean, dude, they want him on the recruiting trip. I mean, mm. <laughs> like you're you're telling me you went triple your salary. Like it's you know, all, all the guys understand, but I mean, he was almost on the verge of tears, like just telling us in the in the meeting room. And then, you know, when they brought Charlie Strong in, man, I mean, the first meeting they had with him, he said the wrong school name. Like he said, I'm so happy to be coaching at the University of South Carolina. He said the wrong school name. And then we went and won, like, that whole year, We our offense was running, like, Willie's plays. Like, they, we would – Quinn Flowers would, like, change the plays time to time and just – you know, I remember Dearness Johnson, who plays for the Cleveland Browns now, they had a play where Quinn would roll right and just, like, heave it back, like, 30, 40 yards, the other corner of the end zone. And that, like, that was not in our playbook anymore. And they just ran that play, and it worked. And thank they're the coaches were like, thank God you scored on that play because it would have been like if they just ran a different play. You know, Quinn just went out there and won games. But once that happened, man, I, I mean, USF went from a very winning school to now they if they win one game a year, you know, like it's yeah. just it's cool. It totally got run into the ground because of somebody else. And Strong was also. We didn't see the man for like six weeks. He's taking interviews everywhere after that first season with, with 12 games, you know, just yeah. trying to get out of there. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, it's so weird because my dad and I always talk about it. Like USF isn't that hard of a school to build. If you just recruit in Tampa, you keep all the Tampa kids home. You, you're playing an NFL stadium. They're about to have their own stadium. Like 
it shouldn't be that hard to recruit and like get people to want to play at USF. Yeah. And dude, that's what Tiger did a really good job of, of keeping guys that are from the Bay area. Like, mm -hmm. bro, he flipped Marlon Mack. He got Quinn from like, you know, from Miami. Like, I mean, there was probably 80 guys from the Bay area, like Sarasota being the southernmost point all the way up to, I think like Pasco County, there was 80 guys on our team from, within the, that little pocket. I mean, that's, mm. that's insane, bro. I mean, that's, no, that's really good. And that's what you have to do at a smaller school. You need to hold, you need to win the town. Exactly. And I think when Jeff Scott came in, you know, he's, he's a good old boy from, uh, you know, what, what are we at? North Carolina, where's club Clemson at? It's either North or South, South Carolina. Carolina. South Carolina. Like, you know, not saying with him, but like, dude, I don't think they had a single kind of staff from, from, you know, the Miami area. You're not going to be able to recruit Miami unless you got like a tie into Miami. Same thing with the Tampa Bay area. Like can't bring guys from all over the U S to some school at, in Tampa Bay and see it, you know, see it to have the success as if you're just picking the talent that's right here. You know? Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, since we're on the topic of this, I know we keep talking USF, but what was that, that seed, that 2017, 2018 season like? You know when you guys were basically a UCF loss away from playing in the playing in the New Year's Six Bowl. It, it was, you know, it was for me. It's like it's kind of different too. So like, just a little bit about my background, my story, man. So like, I don't know if Casey's ever told you this or like kind of how how it's earned, but I was actually planning on leaving USF completely. Mm -hmm. So no, for, yeah, I knew this. Like when Strong came in, like I went from like being like the number three tight end, like getting a little bit of playing time here and there to like, you know, getting absolutely nothing. And I was a preferred walk-on from the get-go. I had to earn my spot, you know, coming in in the first place. And like, I worked two, three years to get to that point. So when Strong came in, I went like right back to the bottom of the totem pole. Like there'd be days in spring football when he first came in, like I didn't even practice, like not even a drill, like literally just stretching like me two hours, just not doing anything. You know, so for me, I was like, man, I need to get out of here. You know, like I cannot take this anymore. You know, so I kind of enjoyed that, that season. Um, yeah. And then the, like, I think it's like five days before the last game, I had to blow my ACL out right before we go to the Birmingham bowl. And this is before the transfer portal is a thing. So I had some of my old, like high school coaches, like send some feelers out there, let it be known. And, uh, had a few schools, a couple D one double a, um, Georgia said I could walk on and play fullback there, but I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do the whole walk on thing again, you know, just kind of, it's going to weigh my options and see, but I ended up tearing my ACL end of December. And then I would have had to, I was going to grad transfer and go somewhere else, but all these schools were like, yeah, we can't take you. You just pull your knee out, you know, no offense. So it just kept me in Tampa, you know, kept me with the team. I'm super thankful for it. Cause it, you know, led me to Claire, led me to the opportunity where I'm doing, you know, outside of the football talk with the, you know, in the real world with the, with work that I'm doing now, but just that, that culture that I was in, man, with those teams, it's like, those were some of like the most fun years of my life. Just cause like the team we had in that locker room, man, was just like, it was insane. Like it was just us versus the world, like underdogs, like no matter what the record was, like those guys would do anything for each other. So, you know, did, yes, it sucks that like the, that we lost that last game and we didn't get to, to go and do it. What did was it missed out on a great opportunity, but you know, sometimes that's just how the cards fall, you know, and that's the, the crazy thing. There's gonna be all these upsets these weekends with the you know, the NFL and stuff. It's the same thing with, with college football, you know. Mm -hmm. 
can only just, you know, go out there and play your heart out as much as you can and go from there, you know? That was definitely the best season, though, in USF history, like without a doubt. Oh, without a doubt, you know? Dude, I mean, it was the – I mean, the – Even the UCF game, was it was a one touchdown. It was that kick return. That was it. That was the only defining factor. Yeah, you know, and it was, you know, the stadium being lit up with all the lights and it was just, man, like what a game. What a game, man. You know, and it's it didn't fall – it didn't fall the way we wanted it to, obviously, you know, and that was like probably the hardest part. And, you know, I had some guys that made some, you know, some critical things happen in that game. And I'm just, dude, I was just, it almost like hurt to see like even them being like in the thick of it more, you know, just actually like going out there making plays or not making plays, like how much it hurt, you know, hurt them was even just like, dude, it was, I've never seen a team like our team like hurt that bad, you know, mm-hmm. that was probably the hardest thing you're like, Dude, you lay it, everything goes right except for that. You know, it's like, why is this happening to me? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's like one of those things where it's like I trained so hard and everything right and I still didn't get the result I, I was supposed to get. You know? So but so that's how that's how it happens. Go out there and do it again, you know? That's life, man. That's life. But yeah, we'll get back. Thank you for that little segment, by the way. I could always talk when USF football was good, it's it's a good time in Tampa. But oh, we'll uh we'll dive back into the games. Moving on to our Sunday game, 3 o'clock. We got a game that was supposed to happen that, you know, because of the DeMar Hamlin situation didn't happen between the Cincinnati Bengals coming in at 12-4, and four, visiting the Buffalo Bills coming in at 13-3, and 3, 3 p.m. CBS. Bills, five-and-a-half-point favorite, over-under set at 49. Weird thing is both of these teams last week played like shit, you know? Um I mean, the Bengals were uh, which were Lamar Jackson away from losing, and the Bills were two away from losing. So this is going to be a interesting game. I'm gonna let Zach take it off a little a little from here, but yeah, it, it's just weird that you know this. There are two really good teams that both could have not been here this week. Yeah, um, I kind of view view this as the improvement game. Who's more likely to bounce back? And I truly believe that the Bengals feel a little more disrespected in this. Something that I feel drove this line a little bit for what it is. Maybe the DeMar Hamlin situation, you know, a lot of people, fans included, view the Bills as a team of destiny this year, at least to make it to the Super Bowl, just with everything going on. It's a great story, especially. However, um, this isn't a movie. You know, this isn't no Cinderella book type shit. I don't care for it. Um, I base it off football, and I think Joe Burrow is the kind of guy that doesn't give a – pardon my French, doesn't give a fuck about what the Bills have going on in their lives. Um, and, and they don't, yeah, they don't fuck Bill's mafia. He doesn't care about any of that. He's going to show up and he's going to whoop their ass. That's just plain and simple. I feel like this line is super disrespectful, uh, to the Bengals. You know, they have the utmost talent in the world. I think they just played down to Baltimore's level. Truthfully, I think this is where, um, Josh Allen's turnover problems comes to bite them in the ass. I think this is where you have to take a deep look in the mirror and see how you can fix these issues. And the Bengals are going to prove that because if you give Joe Burrow one too many chances, you know, he's Joe Shiesty for a reason. He's the guy that's smoking a cigar after winning a national championship. He's the guy that changes the last name on his back to fit the city he's in. You know, that's just the kind of guy Joe Burrow is. By the way, that is top five hardest moments in college football, by the way. Oh, easy. When he walked out on senior night and he said Burrow with like the E-A-U-X, those fans were going nuts. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm going to take Cincinnati with the points. Personally, fuck it. I'll take Cincinnati money line at this point. That's just how I'm feeling. I think Buffalo just isn't a team of destiny. I think they're kind of being pushed 
under this narrative. And, you know, they always say, don't go with your heart go with your mind. Uh, Cause logic is always going to beat emotions. And I think too many people are getting emotional over this game and the kind of stories the bill have bills have going. So no offense, shout out to the FAU boy. Um, single. Yeah. Singletary, but there's it's another true. FAU boy. Yeah. yeah I was just gonna say, there's another FAU boy and he's on the defensive side, Trey Hendrickson. And he was a part of that big fumble return with Sam Hubbard and that. So don't forget that. Um, I expect him to make a big impact in this as well. So give me the Bengals. God, that's got to suck. As we just talked about like college and NFL, that's got to suck to like be homies with each other and then have to like make a big play on each other in the NFL. Oh no, you, you live for that. I feel like you live for that shit. Cause like you're, yeah, you're, you're talking about bragging rights. Like when you, I mean, I guess it's different in football versus me. Like I don't ever want to fight one of my homies for like a title. You know, I would never want to like do that. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. But like, they're not breaking each other's face. When, when when you put those cleats on that grass, man, you're wearing two different colored jerseys. It's 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 off for that hour, man. The yeah, it's more friendly violence, I guess you you could say. Yeah, like bro, I've, I I had some guys that I played like either Pee Wee or just knew from like like just uh, weightlifting's like big and big in Sarasota. Like for guys to play football in the off season, and like there's guys from like our rival high schools. Like you line up against them, like you're. Like you're laughing if you put them in the dirt. Like I want to do that, you know. Like that's the you, know, you want to dog your boy and be able to talk smack to him after the fact, you know. Yeah, I, I guess it was the same with wrestling because like when, when like Florida's such a small state for wrestling, like all the top state guys wrestled with each other on Team Florida, and like we all know each other. But like when we wrestled each other like at tournaments, that didn't matter. Like we'd obviously talk, we talk shit in the match to each other. Like you like bust each other's balls. But I guess with fighting, it's just like I'm like brutally trying to beat you up. And I just don't want to do that to my homemates. Yeah. Very yeah Riley, dive us in. What, what are your thoughts on this Bills Bengals game? Who day, baby? Who day? Go Bengals. We're riding. I've been riding the Bengals all season, man. Shout out to number 84, my guy, former roommate, groomsman of my wedding, Mitchell Wilcox. Maybe throw him in there for the first touchdown score. Maybe any time touchdown score. They got plays cooking for him, man. He's a number two tight end right behind Hayden Hurst. He's going to go off, man. In his home game, James scored first NFL touchdown, went off. I'm proud of my guy, man. I've been riding Bengals all year on that. And even before I came on the pod, man, I had to throw some bets in before I came on the pod just to, just to say it was real. And I'm throwing one of my biggest bets of the year on the Bengals' money line. So big that if, if if the Bengals win, me and my beautiful fiance are gonna be going to Burns on a nice oh, bottle line. Damn. Oh damn! Oh, hey Claire, you better be saying who day? Who day, man? <laughs> damn. Man, so I you guys got me. You guys got me hyped up right now. You got me hyped up, but I just don't. I don't. You think? You think Cincinnati's O-line, you think their O-line can handle what's about to come? Because their O-line is booty cheeks. Look, man, their O-line, but that team is hungry, man. They're seeing the line. They're hearing, you know, they're they're praying for DeMar. They're doing all that stuff, too. But you know what? They come out and they win football games. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. That team is going to be hungry when it comes out to it, man. Cincinnati, those fans do not play. I tailgated with them. We had a blast. Some of the best fans out there, like they're gonna come out and represent. They were just stowed away for this game when they're playing the Ravens last week, man. They didn't need to come out. They knew they were gonna win that game. They need to come out with anything crazy. But you know what? Joe Shicey is gonna be wearing those Cartier glasses after the game. 
smoking a fat old stogie when he whoops uh Josh Allen's ass. All right. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, how dude, how can you ride a team that just gave up 31 points to Skyler Thompson? How much do you think <laughs> Joe Shicey's gonna drop on the ass? Like, not a chance. Fuck it. You guys convinced me. Give me Cincy Money Line. We'll take we'll we'll clean sweep. We'll clean yeah, sweep. Yeah. I would like, I would prefer that Cincinnati wins. I love I love Joe Shicey. I'm honestly kind of a big Jamar, Jamar guy too. Um we're going so heavy on the Bengals. My mind, the book's telling us to chill out. He's saying, "Slow down, man. Slow down." I can't. I, he might. He might put him out of business when the Bengals money line. Is. I just. Uh, oh man, I just. I mean, the, the potential wise, though, the Bills are dirty, and you know they're playing for Demar. Like the D lines there, but I mean, hunger is very real, man. Hunger is very, very real. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take it. I'll, you guys convinced me. I'm gonna take Cincy money line. I'm gonna take Cincy money line. And it's not like weather's a factor because Miami just went there and dropped 31, so it's not even a fucking thing to say. Cincinnati's going to feel disrespected that that line's at five and a half. Like, are you kidding me? I also think Cincinnati's on this fuck you. Like, people thought last year was a luck season. We didn't deserve to be there. We're going to prove that we fucking deserve to be there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Damn, yeah. All right, last game, guys. I guess you would say, what, the feature game of the week? Sunday, Sunday night, 6.30 on Fox. Dallas Cowboys coming in 12-5 and five to the San, Fr- oh, I, I don't San Francisco 49ers coming in 13-4. San Francisco minus four-point favorite. Zach Watt, start us off. Look, I, I gave credit to the Cowboys last week uh, for pulling off a win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um Unfortunately, this is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a team that, in fact, beat the Buccaneers 35-7. to And they're not going to have as many blown coverages as the Bucs did, and their offense isn't going to be as slow um, as the Bucs either. Look, the 49ers are my Super Bowl favorites this year. I think it's going to be a rematch between the Chiefs and the 49ers. I've kind of been saying that for a while now. I just think they're a bit of juggernauts. It's not fair. As much as I would like to hate on Brock Purdy thinking he's young, he did have a mediocre game last week. But Kyle Shanahan isn't going to put the entire game in – uh, rookie QB's hands. That's just not how it's going to be. There's a reason they brought in Christian McCaffrey. There's a reason they have players like Debo Samuel. Even their lines, even their line has all-star names like Trent Williams. They just have pieces on all sides of the ball in every phase of the game that can just make plays. Even their own Tampa native, Ray Ray McLeod on special teams who makes plays in the punt return and kick return game. He's making shit happen. As for the Cowboys side of things, you know, I just have a hard time believing that Mike McCarthy or Dan Quinn can formulate something two games in a row. You know, I feel like they are the epitome of two brain cells. Um, and there's just no way that you can just dumb luck your way into a conference championship game. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. Um, you know, that could just be me being the biggest Cowboys hater known to man, just cause I hate Cowboys fans. Um, but then again, I don't care. I'm going to take the smart pick here. I'm also going to take the 49ers covering this spread at nine points. I think it's disrespectful. I think a lot of people just view the Cowboys as like America's the team. Four and... points, Zach. Oh, four points. Sorry. Yeah. Fuck it. Dang, you yeah, I'd, I'd take as much as nine. San Francisco minus four uh, is gimme money. And I'm riding with that all days of the week. Uh, George Kittle, beast. Debo, beast. Christian McCaffrey, beast. Even their backup, um, Elijah Mitchell, beast. They just have all-stars. On offensive side, don't even get me started on their defense. That speaks for themselves. Kyle Shanahan is – Kyle Shanahan literally mentored Mike McDaniels, and that team almost beat the Bills with Skylar Thompson. So that shows you how big his brain is. 
Give me the 49ers. That's all. He's got a big brain, man. Riley. And I, I, I love the Cowboys. My fiance is from Dallas. Her heart's in Dallas. It's really the only reason that I actually have even started a root for the Cowboys. It's because it's just fun to be in a Cowboy household on holidays, man. But you know what? I love them and I hate them because, you know, when I bet on them, they play like shit. When they when I bet against them and I ride the Bucks, they get smoked 31 to whatever the score was. I, had to, I went to bed. That's how bad it was. So, I mean, this one's probably the scariest game of the of the week for me, to be honest. I think the 49ers could come out and just absolutely mollywop the Cowboys, but I could also see Dak just, you know, slowing down like how he was last week and just making plays, you know, like I think the 49ers could get ran up on some points. And if like there's a team that's going to do it, it could be the Cowboys. Um, I almost feel like the the line at minus four, I feel like Vegas is even trying to get people just to ride the, just to ride the minus four train, you know? It's it, you're like, okay, San Fran, why are all these other lines at five and a half, seven and a half, and nine? You know, that's the that's the tightest spread we got, you know. Yeah, by Vegas, far, too. Has Vegas got something in the crock pot for the final game of the week? You know, like who knows, man? Who knows? Now you're scaring me. I don't know, man. Brock Purdy is young. He is he stupid. He is young, man. You know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to to fade my boy here. I'm gonna have to say Dallas, uh, Dallas money line with the upset. I've gone every other upset. We're gonna go Dallas money line. We've squadred and everything else. We got to mix it up. I think Vegas has got something cooking. They they want they want everything on the Niners at that minus four. I'm gonna. I think San Francisco is one of the most put together teams in the NFL. I think they have one of the best coaches in the NFL. And one thing that stands out to me about them, and I think we can agree on this, if we look at all these teams on here, they by far have the best defense. The Bills' defense are supposed to be, but they're not. And it, the thing is, it's so easy for me to say 49ers are going to go out there and mollywop them that I think that the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, I think that I hate the Cowboys. I don't like anything about them. I don't think Mike McCarthy is a good coach. I think Dak's extremely overrated. don't think he was worth the money. don't think Zeke was worth the money. Because of all these things, they're going to win. That's just how I look at it. They're not supposed to be here. And Dak is so composed. I think I, think I agree with um, – I agree with Riley. Sorry about that. That he's going to slow it the fuck down and they're going to make it a boring game. And that's how you win. The reason San Francisco is winning these games is they're electric. They're fast. They're super like Kyle Shanahan level. They're they're not going to play that kind of game. It just doesn't make sense for them to win. So they're going to win. And I think it's, I think it's, I hate the Cowboy fans too so much, but I I think, I think the Cowboys are going to take it. It's weird because I don't think they're better and I don't think they should win, but I'm going to take Cowboys minus or plus four. Yeah, man, I uh, you know, it's it's it really is gonna come down to Dak, man. If Dak, if Dak has a game, you know, they're I think they come on just easily win it. Dak's playing like like he has in the past, just all over the place, not not composed, throwing stuff in the dirt, not hitting his timing. He's gonna. That's where the the Forty Nineers will come out and wop him. Well, and that's the issue, and that was like a big issue with the last game too, Riley, with the Bucks game. It's like which which Cowboys team is gonna show up, which Bucks team is gonna show up. So I feel like it's not really what the 49ers are going to do. We know exactly what they're going to bring and what they're going to do. It's which Cowboys team is going to show up. We're going to get the Cowboys team from week one versus the Bucs, or we're going to get the Cowboys team from last week versus the Bucs. You know, because those are two completely different football teams. Yeah. My, you know, 
Riley kind of brought up the crockpot cooking for the NFL scriptwriters. Um, if I were to formulate my own kind of little crockpot dish of how I see this going down, one of the things I noticed last week with Dak in the Buck game is he liked to take off out of the pocket and take some unnecessary hits uh, for some reason. He was getting punished a lot, but, you know, he's a sturdy body. He's good. Um, if he takes those same kind of hits against the 49ers, don't be surprised if Cooper Rush gets some uh, drives in there just so Dak can rest his shoulder up. So if Cooper Rush scores a touchdown in this game, don't color me surprised. That's kind of my bull prediction for the week. I'm going to ride with it. I'm going to ride with it. I'm going to quote myself on that. A little Cooper Rush Cooper, action. Cooper Rush tush, tutty? Yeah, Cooper Rush tutty. Not a rushing, definitely a passing. Probably see it coming to like, nah, he doesn't like Dalton Schultz. What does he like? He Dude, literally I, only uh, gets it to CD. Had, so I was in a 32-man fantasy league, and uh, my quarterback was Jameis. And then he sucked, and then they got Andy. And I, my quarterback situation was fucked. It was only, only start five guys. So I threw Cooper Rush in there, and he didn't, he didn't do too bad for like two games. He didn't do too bad for like two games. He played shitty some games, but I only had him for two weeks. He didn't do too bad. Yep. Don't be surprised. I'm just saying. But yeah, those are our four games. You got our picks. You got our knowledge. We even got a little former USF college football knowledge from Riley. Um, anything else? Any last words? Anything else you guys want to say before we uh call it a day? Um, I will say. Uh, I need to keep my promise. Uh, tomorrow is my big 5K challenge on the row machine. So I am dreading that, but I need to, I took a day off for the row machine in preparation, you know, got a little walk on the treadmill instead today, but I think it's time to face my demons tomorrow. Your butt is going to be so sore for like a week. My legs are already extremely sore. Um, it's not about going hard. It's about staying consistent. If you can just keep the same pace for 20 minutes, you're going to kill it. Yeah. My problem is I hit a, I hit like six sets of Bulgarian split squats with uh, some regular squat Smith machine squat rack yesterday. So yeah, that's my, really smart to do before you row fucking 5k Zach. I mean, that was like two days ago. So like, I'm just trying to get the legs back under me. The mo- yeah. You're, you're sore. The highest percentage of soreness is 40 to is 36 to 72 hours. You know, David Goggins always says, who's going to carry the fucking boats. And as far and tomorrow, as I see, I'm going to row them. No, tomorrow I'm burning the boats. Uh, there is no retreat. We are we are getting it done regardless. So, Mr. Rajam, dude, I'm back, man. I accidentally turned the hotspot off. Had to, oh fuck, turn it back on. <laughs> Casey's about two hours behind us. He had the he had the dresser in the bed of his truck, and he just texted us. I think we lost a drawer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully he didn't have like a you know, low rider ninety eight Honda Civic behind him. Hopefully he had something that uh, that can that yeah can, that can run over a wooden drawer. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, good luck with your move into Jacksonville. I don't have any final words. Excited for some football. It's awesome to get some football back on TV. It's like the best worst time of the year. Um, uh, we also have a UFC light heavyweight world championship fight happening tomorrow. So there's gonna be some MMA on too after that uh giants eagles game so yeah that's all i gotta say champions thank you for tuning in yeah and, uh, guys thank you so much for having me on extremely honored extremely blessed to be able to hop on and uh talk some football with you guys so i really hey, thanks for it. coming on and within the next couple weeks riley will actually be start doing in-person pods in tampa so if you find yourself back here you know where to find us amen i'll be bouncing oh yeah <laughs>